Hi, this is ESPN's Dave Lamont, and you're listening to the Sports Objective Podcast, the unofficial podcast of the Pirates. You're listening to 50 Pirates in 50 Days on the Sports Objective Podcast. Between now and the Pirates' scheduled season opener on August 29th against Marshall, we will take a daily trip down memory lane as we will talk to former East Carolina football players about their path to ECU, their time in the purple and gold, and what they're up to now. Now let's talk Pirate football. Welcome into the Sports Objective, home of 50 Pirates in 50 Days. We're the unofficial podcast of the Pirates of Bubba. Every day that we go on and we're doing this series, you get you get better and better, man. You got another great pirate here tonight. Very excited about uh, who you have on. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. And when you take a look at the East Carolina defensive line this year, we have a lot of talent, but uh, a lot of guys that don't have much experience. Tonight we're catching up with a guy who played defensive tackle for the Pirates, 1997 to 2001. Welcome into the show, Ty Hunt. Hey, guys, how you doing? Thanks for having me. No doubt. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, obviously, Pirates are very special to us. And, you know, uh, Ty, we'll talk about your career. One of the things that uh, we always know you hear about football is a game of fundamentals. And the game is won on the on the trenches, on the offensive line and defensive line of, of uh, the, those sides of football. And the great thing about uh, Mike Houston, he's building up the program. He's uh, doing a good job at depth. Uh, we had talent last year, first string on the D line. That's your position, so that's why I brought it up. But after that, it was kind of it was kind of thin, you know. I'm being nice because we're all pirates. Um, but he's done a nice job with. We have the we have the youth, we have talent. They just don't have the experience. I know there's well, there is some graduate I think transfers, but um, anyway, very excited to see the program. I want to get your thoughts. You know, I remember, uh, Bubba, I told you when we first met a couple of years ago, Coach Logan, one of my favorite sayings that he said, and obviously that being your coach, Ty, that's why I'm bringing it up. He said, you know, he said if, uh, defensive linemen were, what was it, Bubba, that if he was, they would grow, they don't tree, they don't grow on trees for defensive linemen. Yeah. I wish they did, but they don't grow on trees. One of the things he said is that God certainly did not make enough defensive linemen. Um, and w- when you find them, even if they may not be, uh, exactly, way you want them to be um, size-wise and that kind of thing. If you if you see a guy that has the potential with the defensive line, you better sign him. I couldn't agree yeah, more. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, so uh, as far as let's talk about uh, your time with the Pirates. Obviously, you come in in a great era of Pirate football in the 90s, uh, the latter part of the 90s. But um, they're part of uh, – I'm a huge fan of Coach Steve Logan. Everybody knows that. I don't have to go on and on about that. But – I love the guy. I still love the guy and, um, one of the best ever, uh, coaches in college football and certainly the all time winningest coach with Bubba corrected me the other night, correct, uh, 69 wins in uh, 10 years. But, uh, let's talk about your time. How did you, um, become a pirate? Because, uh, that's always important for us to know and for the fans for pirate nation to, we, that's one of the things that we want to do objective of our, podcast is give the history of pirate football and our sports in the ECU? Well, initially, uh, of course, being recruited uh, by Coach Paul Jett, who's the uh, recruiting coach in our area. Uh, coach Jett, um, if, you, if you know him, man, he's just a, a loving guy, um, real smooth talking, real laid back, uh, not too much gets him, uh, gets him you know, upset. 
And, uh, you know, one day uh, he told me, he said, hey, Ty, um, I'm going to bring Coach Logan to come meet you uh, one day because, you know, we really want you to you know, be a pirate. And uh, so i never forget one day um, I was in class and I was pulled out of class and uh, by my coach, my high school coach at the time. And uh, Coach Jet was standing there and I saw this little man standing there with dark hair. And um, and Coach Jet, Coach Jet said, hey, Ty, this is uh, Coach Logan at East Carolina. Uh, and I stuck my hand out to shake his hand and he paused for a second. You know, he looked me up and down like I was like a, a, a big sandwich or something. You no, know, he kind of gave me this, this look like this and looked at me. He said, son, and he stuck his hand out and shook my hand finally. He said, son, you're going to be a pirate. And that's kind of how it all got started. <laughs> <laughs> I love his confidence. Uh, what sold you? We know how great Pirate Nation is and we know how great ECU and Greenville is. What sold you on the program? Why did you want to become a pirate? Home. It felt like home. You know, uh, when I took my initial visit, um, I was hosted by Norris McCleary. Uh, my family came down and we oh. had a, we had a great time, you know, and, uh, it just, I'm from a little small town, Hickory, North Carolina. Uh, and it, it just felt like home. And, uh, it's not, you know, Greenville, people who don't know about Greenville, North Carolina, everybody, everybody I speak to this, not from the area. They think Greenville is just in South Carolina. I'm like, no, there's a Greenville, North Carolina. And, uh, and, you know, it just, it just felt like home, you know, that everyone was just so nice and so loving. And uh, it was just a natural fit. And during those years, and like Dave was kind of alluding to, from 94 to 96, and that was one of the best three-year runs in the history of East Carolina football uh, right there with some of the years under um, a guy who did a lot of great things in, in Hickory at Lenore Ryan, uh, Clarence Stasevich, way back in the 60s, and then also um, the success that Coach Dye had in the 70s. But that three-year run from 94 to 96, um, as you were a Hickory Red Tornado, um, we, we uh, were winning eight ball games a year. So there was certainly um, a, lot, a lot of appeal um, with the success on the field that the Pirates were having. Yeah, I, I had – was familiar with the purple and gold. Um, you know, I had seen East Carolina play before. Uh, when I really, really started, was kind of digging in, digging in about football because at that time, I was really being recruited to play a lot of basketball too um, by a few big schools, and I was still kind of in that in between stage. But as the letters kept pouring in, uh, I noticed that most of them were for Division One schools to play football. You know, and uh, I had a coach of mine that told me, he said, "You know, son, listen." Being 6'5", playing basketball, you're going to come a dime a dozen. But being 6'5", you can run down a quarterback, you know, you're a high commodity. So, um, I mean, I guess that kind of was what sealed the deal. But like I said, I've seen East Carolina play before on TV before then. I really wasn't that familiar with the program. But my my aunt is from uh, – she lives in, in Kinston at the time. So, of course, you know, being in the area – uh, you know, I always seen the purple and gold, you know, in Kenston and stuff. So could we, I'd go to Camp Kenston, you know, for the summer and stay with my aunt. And, um, you know, that's kind of when I got first, uh, hip to, uh, the purple and gold. And you, you talked about very quickly, Dave, uh, just following up, he's talking about uh, your time as a basketball player. Um, did you get any offers on from smaller schools or were you totally committed to football? No, I wasn't. I was, I was pretty much being recruited by, a lot of uh, Division One, One A, Two A schools like um, Appalachian State recruited me to play football and basketball. Um, I, I recruited to play uh, at, at uh, Western Carolina. I got recruited to play at um, uh, for the Dayton Flyers, um, uh, USC Wilmington basketball. 
So, you know, a few different schools out there were, I think the biggest, probably the biggest school for basketball uh, recruiting wise was probably uh, Dayton, probably Dayton Flyers. Yeah, they're doing all right right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they've got a good program. Uh, Ty, um, I'm very excited that you obviously picked the Pirates and, uh, certainly with the, the one good thing about the, uh, that time, that time period with Coach Logan, uh, certainly was the style of play. What about, we know about the offensive side of the ball, but I don't think that people give Coach Logan and his staff some of the years I know were not, were better than others. I, I get it. But what about the defensive side of the ball? You guys were monsters. I hate that's the only thing that comes to mind, but that's the word that when I think about, I'm a defensive guy. I love defense. So uh, when you guys were on the line, that's what I think about is monsters. <laughs> you know, uh, Mark, that's, that's a, that's a good description because I'm going to tell you, man, um, I learned from some of the best. When I tell you some of the best, I mean, we're talking Rod Coleman, uh, Brian yeah. Johnson, um, Travis Darden, uh, Terrell Williams, Norris McCleary, I mean, Toma McMillan. I mean, I, I, I learned from some of the best. I and mean, when you talk about some dogs, those guys were some dogs. I mean, and when you go back and watch the tape, and you know, a lot of times, you know, like I said, some games were tough and some games we got beat here and there. But when you cut the tape on and you go back and watch some of those films, you saw some grown men in there playing. <laughs> Absolutely. The the acquisition of defensive linemen during those years um, was very much um, not necessarily that it came together the same way, but uh, – in I guess what 2007 to 2009 on that defensive line that we had in 2009 when we won the second straight conference USA title with the likes of Scotty Robinson, CJ Wilson, Limble Joseph, who's still playing in the league with the, with the LA chargers about, about said San Diego chargers. And then uh, also Jay Ross, who's a police officer down in Wilmington now. Okay. I'll say Okay. Yeah. That, the line though is uh, definitely great as far as, Obviously, the offensive side of the ball to run the ball, but obviously the defensive line. Um, that's one of the things that Bubba. I was going to bring you and back with this. One of the things I was excited about last year in 2019, and I wanted to bring you in, Ty. Obviously, being a defensive lineman, I felt like one of the things that we didn't do well under the Mo era was uh, getting pressure on on the ball, getting pressure on the quarterback, and um, that was very frustrating. I'm sitting there going, I mean. Are we going to pressure the guy? I mean, he has all day long. I mean, even the average quarterback can kill us. Um, but what is your take there on how important it is to get pressure on the quarterback and and, and have those uh, TFLs, man? That's I love that. I, that's one of my favorite parts of the game. Well, it's pressure, pressure being defensive lineman, pressure is everything. You know, uh, and a lot of times, even if you're not getting pressure, one thing we're always taught, you know, try to be in the passing lane to bat the ball down. That's as good as a TFL. So, uh, but pressure, pressure is everything. But, you know, we, my last two years, you know, we, we changed defenses. You know, we went from a multiple 50 to a 3-4. And um, the 3-4, for me, um, it was tough, you know, because I, I wasn't quite as big a frame uh, as some of the, as some of like the Norris McCleary's and the Brian Johnson's. You know, those guys, you know, six, you know, yeah, bringing some change. You know, and I, I was probably I was probably pushing around about two right at two eighty five, but but still, I mean, I you know, it was it was tough in there. You know, then we getting double teamed and, and they slide protecting, they chipping you. So it's it, it to get pressure with just three. Um, but when you start, but we one thing I can say is uh, Coach Rose, who was our defensive coordinator um, later on, man, he he had some he had some very good blitzes 
dialed up. We have we show a lot of different things, and um, we're able to get some pressure at times. But yeah, defense alignment is crucial. That's 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 part of the, that's part of the job down there. No doubt, Bubba. Uh, that very thing, though. Didn't you think that last year there was bright spots? And I'm not sure how close you followed the the program still tie, but last year there was bright spots of where um, we were finally getting some. T- uh, t- well, you look at Nate Harvey. Uh, you see, some others guys that uh, certainly About two years ago, two years ago, 2018. That's right. But I meant the, uh, but the fact that that kind of that's the first. Actually, that was going to mention the very facts of that was the first year under Montgomery that we finally saw anything of you know that. Then that last year, it seemed to be more instead of an individual effort, it was more of a collaborative effort, well, more of a team instead of like having a guy like him that was such a diamond in the rough. You put him from on the offensive side of the ball to put him on. He was such a mismatch. Um, what about uh, as far as your team? How you guys, one of the great things I always talk about the Logan era, it seemed like the players were, were really happy and you were like, I hate to use the term brothers because that's overused. Okay. Uh, but you guys were like so tight. Yeah, we were and we still are. You know, like, like, you know, I, this is about the third time I've said Norris McCleary, but Norris and I, you know, he he was the first one that I came into contact with. Ben, that he he was my guy who who had me on my official visit. But uh, to this day, Norris and I, we still we hunt together. We're avid hunters, you know, deer hunt, rabbit hunt, and uh, you know, so we go back and forth on each other's properties. You know, we uh, we exchange hunts, and uh, so we're still tight to this day. Um, uh, I still contact uh, with you no know, Terrell um, Terrell Williams and. Uh, Travis Darden and those guys, you know, and uh, uh, Jay, Jay Warren Blair and uh, a lot of those guys in the, the main Ducket, you know, who's also who's also yeah. a police officer in Charlotte. Uh, right. I mean, I'm a police officer in Atlanta, so uh, you know, I guess it's kind of a natural thing after football. You know, I guess we all became police officers. But <laughs> <laughs> during the Logan era, there's a lot of police officers for sure. Another guy that I love uh, during that era of the well, linebacker Jeff Carr. Good old Wood. Um, I tell you, there's so many Pernell Griffin. I mean, you could go. The, there's like a between the offensive and defensive side of the ball during that time. It's just like there's hit after hit after hit. Meaning, uh, like in the music business, there's just so many great players. I'm not name dropping, but it just seems like you guys were not only talented, but it was great that you guys had that chip on your shoulder and that you reminded folks that we may be East Carolina, and if you're gonna call us Eastern North Carolina. Then that's more punishment. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know, you, you know, you, you brought up some great names. Uh, I mean, Jeff Carr. I mean, what wh- what can't you say about the guy? I mean, he is just sideline to sideline, a uh, hundred miles an hour every play. I, I've never I've never seen Jeff take a playoff. You know, it just he was a hundred miles an hour. That's what he did. Uh, and Pernell Griffin, man, he's man, he's like my brother from another mother. I mean, he uh, he he. That's my guy. I mean, I, I was in his wedding. You know, so I mean, we we're. That's my guy, you know. So, uh, I mean, we, but like you said, we had so many guys. Even on the back end, you know, we had Kevin Monroe, uh, yeah. Chris Satterfield, uh, Forrest Foster. Uh, man, we, it was so many guys. I mean, we just from front to back, side side to side, uh, just talent, just buku talent. And Ty, and not to get off on a tangent, but since you brought up Jeff Carr, um, I remember that uh, 1999 game, uh, game two of that season at home against Duke when. He took, or he nearly took, or he, or maybe he did take uh, Spencer Romine out of the game. Uh, he was on him all day, and then I think he finally uh, knocked him out of the ball game uh, there fairly late in the second half. 
Yeah, Jeff, man, he that, that guy, man, I tell you, I, I've seen some hits, uh, spring ball. I, I'll never forget uh, one collision he had with a, with a tight end we had, an infamous tight end we had, who was very, very good, who actually was a defensive lineman before becoming a tight end, was uh, Buck Collins. And, uh, oh, Buck, and I don't know if you remember Buck, but he was a big fella. And uh, he and Jeff, he and Jeff met full speed. And I mean, literally, in the, we were actually inside the stadium. And you can hear the collision, man. I mean, you probably can hear that collision uh, on Fifth and Main, man. I mean, it was it, it sounded like a car wreck. And both of those guys were just they were just you know slinging snot and shaking their head and trying to get up. And man, I tell you, man, and they both of them got back up, back to the huddle, and let's do it again. I mean, but that that just that, that's just kind of the kind of attitude of the players that we have on that team. And uh, Ty, for the hey, Bubba, you remember the uh, his nickname being Wood because he brings the wood to you. I'll never forget that. One of my favorite nicknames of all time for a pirate player. But all of you were just so, um, I said, the, I think the, uh, even when you're talking about a guy like you, 6'5", a D lineman, um, the athleticism that you guys had, the physicality that you guys had, it's a lot of the, uh, if you were making a pie or in, in the main ingredients, you know, of what it is to be a football player. And I think that's one of the things we have missing. And I'm really happy for Mike Houston. Those guys now, Bubba, uh, I'm so fired up whenever we have these uh, press conferences with Mike Houston because you can just feel it that those guys are hungry. They're tired of going three and nine. They're tired of being three and nine, four and eight. You know, the last four years we've had, you know, four wins last year is the most we've had. And since 2015, um, it seems like an eternity ago that we've had a winning season. And these guys now are, have all bought in. They're ready to go. And, and what was it? Uh, what was it, Bubba? That, um, I don't know when it'll be rocking. What coach Houston said at his, um, his press conference when he took the job, but he had to have mercy on the, uh, basically paraphrasing, have mercy on the opponents that come in here. And that was like, wow, that's back to like almost like Logan days, you know, with the guys you had and with, uh, coach Connors, you know, and, and all the, with the strength and conditioning. All the position coaches you guys had were phenomenal, in my opinion, um, and that's why we that translated to wins on the field. I agree. I totally agree. Um, you know, part of it, you know, you have to have a dog inside of you, and that's one thing. You know, uh, that um, I talk to you know, I talk to young guys. Uh, I get a chance to talk to young guys sometimes, and I, and, and I explain to them. I say, you know, especially playing defensive line uh, and just football in in, in itself. Um, if the dog, if it isn't in you. You can't create it. Either you have it or you don't. And obviously now the coach now he's finding guys that has the dog in them. And um, and when it's in there, man, it's, it's gonna come out of there. But um, but yeah, man, I tell you, I, it's 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 so tough. You know, you talking about defensive line and you know just having that attitude and that and that spark. It, it, it's 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 inside of you, you know. And and if if you don't have it, you know, you're gonna stay on the sideline. You know, you're gonna watch most of the time. And Ty, you're talking about some of the athleticism of those guys, or actually maybe it was you, Dave, but uh, Norris McCleary, um, I, I know you've brought him Big up dude. a couple, couple times already, but um, the other day I, I came across some old highlights. Uh, maybe It was one of the old games, but um, they were showing highlights of another game, and I think it was that 99 game up at Army when we when we improved to a five and oh and uh norris i believe it was had a had a big scoop and score and, and ran it at least 40 or 50 yards maybe yeah. more yeah he did big fella was rumbling i think he and pernell yeah. was with the ball <laughs> yeah 
he finally picked it up and, and took it onto the house. And you, you referenced the main ducket, uh, or Chico Dusty, I should say, as he goes by on Facebook. Yeah. He, he says, freaky tie. I see. That's, that's my <laughs> And then also one of your other uh, former teammates, uh, Arnie Powell, uh, quarterback and wide receiver, t- tuned in. Yes, sir. That's my buddy, man. That's another one of my, one of my good brothers, too. I, I, to, in fact, uh, I just went home to Hickory, North Carolina to celebrate uh, my grandmother's 90, 91, no, 91st birthday. And wow. she, she asked about him. Does she remember him? Because I brought, I brought Arnie home with me uh, for a spring break. And uh, she remembered him. She said, you, you, tell, you tell my baby I still, I still can make a good pie for him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she could. And, you know, speaking of Arnie, we need to – Bubba, we need to get him on for 50 Pirates in 50 Days. I think we've reached out to him, right? Haven't we? Yeah. yeah but, we, uh, we've actually talked to Arnie as well as Norris McCleary. So we're, hopefully we'll have those guys right. on. Hopefully you we'll know. have those guys on real soon. And Ty, good. you actually down there in the ATL, uh, you've got, um, you got some good football down your way. Oh, yes, man. I'll tell you, this place is, you know, North Carolina, you know, I think we're known mainly for football and basketball. But I think, Georgia, we're known for football and baseball down here. And, uh, man, I tell you, the football here is, oh, man, it's rich. It's rich. I mean, these kids, I mean, you see them. I mean, uh, the Trevor Lawrence's of the world, uh, you know, the, the Justin Fields of the world. I mean, everybody can't go to Georgia. Everybody can't go to Georgia Tech. So, I mean, they gotta have, they have to go somewhere. I mean, it, I mean, this place is, this place is literally oozing, just oozing football talent. And Ty, what about uh, Georgia State, a pirate? As of right now, we still have them on the schedule, but uh, certainly I know, Bubba, we, uh, that's a game that a road trip we would like to make because, and that, that's in your, obviously your backyard, uh, but that's a program that, that's really come on, um, that probably people never would have imagined in a million years to pull for Georgia or Georgia Tech. Um, but Georgia State's making a little run too. They are. And, uh, as a matter of fact, I don't know if you got, you guys probably know already, but, uh, Old Turner Field is now where they play football, and yeah. uh, man, I, I don't know if you guys have seen it in person, but man, it's nice. It yeah, last summer, uh, last summer, my dad and I, uh, we brought my my son and my nephew uh, down there for a couple of Braves games. And the day that we left to go home, we went over to the old Turner Field, like you're saying. I think they're just calling it Georgia State Football Stadium now. That they, they don't have a a name for it yet, uh, but. I'm sure still looking for a donor for that, but uh, yeah, they've done a nice job with it. Uh, we were able to check it out what we could from the outside, but it, it was locked up that day and a coach probably would have uh, taken us around, but they had some recruits there uh, and they were walking the recruits through. Yeah, definitely. They said they, they, they spent some money in that place. I know um, just on um, the other side there, they built the, uh, the outdoor facilities, um, like a tur- a couple of turf fields or whatever, but it's it's nice, man. They they they've come a long way and they're playing some good football. I uh I used to work a um an extra job at um at Bank of America, and I just see a lot of guys come through. You know, I guess you know mom and dad send them a few bucks. They come to the bank and you know pull it out, and uh, they 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 had they got some some good sized fellas. You know, I I just talked to a few of them, and uh, good kids. But um yeah, that that program is um they're on the uptick. In uh, right across the parking lot, Dave. It- when you go there to the former Turner Field, um, it's just it brings back so many memories. It's been gone for, I guess, a couple of decades. Well, nearly three, de- three decades I now, but the, the, the old, the old Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. 
that was, uh, you know, and as a matter of fact, I mentioned a few times already on the podcast, the very last football game was the Peach Bowl with the Pirates. So uh, what a way to send out the stadium, uh, especially if you're a Pirate fan. Uh, what a magical what a magical ride that day. Uh, I, I didn't have a lot to cheer about for a few quarters, but it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And uh, I tell you what, that I literally, I think I've told the story, but if I haven't, um, I'll, I'll tell it again. But um, we literally were in Charlotte, my best friend and I, and he had tickets his uncle gave. Um, and we were unfortunately in the state section. Um, I know there's Will Packers out there watching, but anyway, um, we had to ride down in a small BMW and me and my best friend are not small guys. That was the most uncomfortable ride. But i tell you one thing, coming back home, it felt so good. It, it didn't hurt quite as bad as, as it did going down. I'm sure. The backseat of a BMW. Are you kidding me? I'm sure a backseat of BMW and, and especially being an East Carolina alum, I'm, I'm sure the drinks were flowing. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, I had a lot to celebrate that. I still, I still could see that far end where I was, the far end that they said, and then Jeff Charles, of course, I didn't hear the broadcast radio because I was inside the stadium, but I had people that were, I had state fans that were mad that, <laughs> that the coach Sheridan was going for that field goal. And I'm going, why is he kicking a field goal? This makes no sense. Like, why wouldn't he go for it? And the people right beside me are like, why is he kicking a field goal? And it was just kind of an odd moment that, the fans from both teams were questioning the coach of like, why are you trying to tie the game? You need to, and especially the state fans, they were just like, Oh my God, you know, they want to be East Carolina. It's funny how when they, um, it's funny how they act like it's not a big game, but yet when that, that game was on the line, that was a really big game. All of a sudden. They, 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 I don't know why they try to play that game. They know good and well that anytime we see each other, I don't care who it is in North Carolina. It's personal. Wake Forest, Duke, Carolina, NC State, it's personal. They know that. Yeah, and it's not a big game. That's why in 1997 and also 2008 when, when they upset us, uh, especially that 2008 game when we were ranked 15th and they beat us in overtime. Um, oh, so yeah. they, they try to act like it's not a big deal. Then why did they rush the field? Right. <laughs> Very good point. That. Uh, your time at, uh, the Pirates, uh, as far as some of the games, the memorable games, I mean, during that time, I tell you what, one of the guys I absolutely love too is, uh, I love David Garrard. Um, you know, and, and, uh, having, uh, I mean, I remember, I, I still to this day, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks as far as his arm is concerned. Um, uh, I know he's a great guy. He's come on our podcast. So really, you know, to be David Garrard, he doesn't, uh, to me, I don't know, I, I don't know him personally, but, it's a lot of you guys on that team. You seem to be so down to earth. It's really awesome. And a lot of times you see people that you love and you admire and you respect as far as players. And then they're not what you think that they are. They're, they're not nice guys. Yeah. So, some, some people, they, they, uh, they think a little too high of themselves sometimes, but most, most of these people that you see us like, you know, we, I'm a country boy, you know, so, you know, it's, 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 it's a different way of how we, we deal with people, you know, uh, no matter how big you are, you know, we're raised different. So um, even with Dave, you know, I, I met Dave, uh, I met Dave in 97, uh, senior years of high school. And uh, we played against each other in, in the East West All-Stars. That's when I yeah, first, that's when I first came across Dave. And I never forget, um, we, did, we came in, it was some kind of function we were at together. And someone had pointed out 
I say, hey, that's that's the quarterback right there. And at that time, uh, I don't know if you remember when Dave, Dave, <laughs> Dave was a big fella. You know, he, Dave was probably yeah. pushing up 75-ish. And, uh, and you no, know, at that time, you know, we're high school, you know, we're all, you know, just a little over 200 pounds, you know, and I'm looking at that, man, that's no way he's the quarterback. That dude's offensive lineman. And, uh, man, he cut a ball loose one time about 60 yards, and we're just like, yeah, he yeah, he's the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, Kyle, it's, funny, it's funny you bring that up about David because we, we had Dave on the podcast last summer, and he told the story. Uh, he was laughing about – his his arrival at East Carolina and you know Coach Logan um, he made made him run in the heat of the day about lunchtime every day he was, he was making him run in uh, one of the old garbage bag type pullovers mm-hmm. and uh, just a sweatsuit and uh, he he got down from like you were saying two seventy five or whatever he was down to a lean two thirty five two forty he worked hard I tell you he uh he he struggled a little bit with his weight but I tell you like I said Coach Coach Logan knew what to do, and uh, man, he. But it was really up to Dave. You know, Dave made the conscious decision to say, "Hey, you know what? It's time to get right." You know, if I really want to compete and compete at this level, I, I got to get right. And he made the decision, and he did. And uh, and you saw it. I mean, I mean, you're talking about a guy, man. That I don't know if you guys remember that that uh, Southern Miss game. Where he shook off like eight like eight defenders and still oh, threw yeah. the ball like sixty yards on off his back foot. You know what I mean? I mean that's 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 some special stuff, and that's what that's what landed him in the NFL, and why he had a successful career in the NFL. I mean that that kind of stuff. One of the plays that always sticks in my in my mind about David Garrard was his red shirt sophomore season um, down in Charlotte against West Virginia. That run that he had on the game winning drive uh, that that set up the go ahead touchdown. You know when it was about twenty five or thirty yards, and he was weaving in and out on an option play to the right side. It was just. For some reason, that play, and I remember the commentators specifically saying for a guy that's 240 or 45 pounds, whatever he was at that time, he moves extremely well. I tell you, man, you, when you looked at Dave and you saw him, man, he, he looked like a, he was just, he like a chiseled piece of cement. I mean, just, it's just hard. I mean, we, when he got, when he lost all the weight, I, I had to say the baby fat, when the baby fat finally came off and he, he has, he got a grown man body. I mean, man, he was just, man, he was unbelievable. And he told the stories um, about how, not necessarily you. He didn't. I don't think he specified the players, but he, he said a bunch of you guys, um, especially the upperclassmen, when he came in in 1997, um, were making those jokes of like, "Are you really a quarterback?" He said, "Man, you better go suit up and play tight end or tackle." <laughs> yeah, Dave. Dave and I were classmates, so we came we came in together. So I was I was one of the quiet showers over there, not saying too much, and kind of watching the uh, upperclassmen kind of bully him a little bit. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, uh, right. go ahead, Dave. No, just for the fact for me, uh, to, I'll tell you what, the, uh, I, I want to talk about certainly, uh, during that time, one of the things that's missing for us right now is, uh, bowl appearances. What about you guys? Uh, you guys had the bowl appearances and I know that, that's something that a lot of Empire fans right now are just even wor- more than that, you know, as far as how bad they want to win a season and how bad they want to go to a bowl game. I tell you, man, the bowl, the bowl are pretty much that's that's the cap of the year. That's the cap, you know. You want and you want always want to cap your season off with a bowl win. 
And uh, our first one, of course, was the uh, GMC Bowl. We played against uh, TCU, uh, yeah. Alabama. We played against LaDainian Thomason. And, uh, man, I tell you, it was uh, – that was a good game. We had our chances to win it, and uh, we probably should have won that game. Um, but then we went back the next year. I think, too, at that time, we hadn't played in the bowl game in several years. And um, I'm not going to say we didn't prepare like we were supposed to. I just think that you know may, maybe the moment was a little too big for us at, at the time. I don't know. But I know the second the second bowl game I got to play in, which was in uh, – in Texas at the uh, the gallery furniture.com bowl, we were ready. And you saw the results. It was it was, oh, a, yeah. different, it was a whole different team that came out. We when we we came out from the gate and we slapped we slapped Texas Tech right in the mouth uh, right from the beginning. Yeah, Ty, here several weeks ago we had a uh, watch party for that two thousand gallery furniture.com bowl and uh, Domain Duckett or Chico Dusty, if you will, uh, was a part of that. And he was talking about just how brutal that old AstroTurf, the old carpet turf in the Astrodome was that night. Man, I tell you, um, I would definitely say that AstroTurf in, uh, in the Astrodome was probably one. And I would say two at the time was the Superdome. That was probably the the, uh, the worst when we played Tulane there. Oh man, that every time you every time you hit the ground, you felt like you were hitting cement. That's obviously that's one of the worst. Obviously, that's one of the worst stadiums. <laughs> and obviously, times changed. But one of the things we've asked uh, some of you guys that we've had on from different areas is. Um, Back 20 plus years ago, I guess almost exactly 20 years ago, um, in those 99, 2000, and 2001 bowl games, what type of stuff did you get besides, besides the ring? Uh, man, we got a bunch of clothes, um, sweatsuits, shoes, hats. Uh, we got, uh, what else we get? We got a bunch of like autograph balls and stuff like that. Um, you know, pass around to your teammates and give. And of course, you know, the best part, you know, your per diem that you get, you know, that was, that was always a good part. Uh, so yeah, we got a few, few little, few little trinkets. So you mentioned Tim Rose. Um, I saw a video here recently, um, the last few weeks of Tim Rose, um, a, a pregame speech he gave uh, at Division Two, or I think it's maybe Division Three, Ashland up in Ohio, still coaching there in his mid seventies. And so talk about Coach Rose, and you have a good Coach Rose story or two, because um, I know a lot of times Pirate fans would. Uh, they got a kick out of that tan and uh, the the hair of Coach Rose. Yeah, Coach, Coach Rose, man, I tell you, he was just when he came in, you know, he he was the one that brought in the three four, you know, to the to uh, East Carolina. You know, so you know we're making a bunch of changes, you know, a lot of installations. So he didn't have a lot of time to really sit down and you know, be your buddy, buddy, and shake your hand and be your friend. You no, know, the man had a job to do. He had to install a, a defense that we had never played before. He had to figure out who can play in what positions because, uh, you know, he had a, a particular style. He liked the defense play in a particular style of player. He liked in certain positions. So at that time, you know, myself, my natural, my natural position is, is defensive end. You know, that's my natural position. My natural playing weight would probably been about 270-ish. Um, playing, you know, head up on a tight end, you know, like that. That's my natural thing. But then uh, when he came in, we switched to 3-4, I had to switch to defensive tackle because, you know, he didn't like, you know, big big linebackers, you know, more fast, speedy guys. They can really, you know, can cover well. 
because in that, in that defense, it, it requires you to cover well. And uh, so I had to gain a few more pounds. So I had, you know, Coach Connors had to had to put a few more pounds on me, you know, and get me get me right, and uh, so I can play that play on the inside, take on that double team. But Coach Rose, he um, I tell you, he just um, he's one of those guys, man. You would you'd run through a brick wall for him if you actually to. You run through a wall for him. He, the the speeches he would give us, and you can see me now, the hair standing up on my arms, just thinking about some of those speeches he would give. Man, I mean, it was just I never forget one of them. Um, he gave to us before we played Army and um, Forrest Foster. Had, it wasn't long before that he had uh, just lost his mother. And uh, he gave uh, he gave a speech to us, man, that uh, man, I tell you, I don't think anybody in that locker room would have done anything to not win that game. And uh, I tell you, man, he um, he did some great things for us. You know, he, he made us he, – he touched some areas of us that uh, we didn't know we had. You know, he he dug out. And um, man, I tell you, he's just, just a good guy. And I had no complaints about Coach Rose. He always uh, very personable, uh, speaks to you, um, you know, when he can because he's, he's always moving. You know, I remember he got hit on the sideline in the TCU game. He messed his hip up. And uh, nothing stopped him, man. He was right back in it. I mean, he, you would, you thought it was down and out, and we, we saw him on the sideline sitting down. And next thing we turn around, he's back on the sideline again. He's up coaching. So he just that, just that, that mentality, you know. And, and we we took that from him. I know uh, Bubba Johnny Gardner had a, qu- a crazy question. He says for for Ty, did you see that? I guess Bubba's frozen. Uh, let's see if I can. Hang on one second. Let me see if I can put that up there. He said a crazy question for Ty was at both sides, both of the Mobile Bowl games. What did he think of the playing service with TCU having Damian Tomlinson seem to have tall grass to cut down on our team speed on both sides? Yeah, that um, you know, with us in that game too, they threw a lot of a lot of sand on the field. It was a lot of sand on the field. And? Uh, yeah, a lot of sand. I, I think it had rained something, and they were trying to just, I guess, they try to, you know, get the, the oh, gas. Oh. And uh, I, I remember one play, offensive lineman, he had threw some sand in my face trying to get it. I was like, man, this, it was – oh, yeah, man, it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> Those guys were – yeah, they were – yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine thinking about you guys during that time. Uh, how big and strong and fast and athletic and like I was talking about the, the fight you guys had and you, I can't imagine, uh, guys making those mistakes, <laughs> especially when you get to the bottom of that pile. That's all I'm going to say. Anybody that plays football, you know what I'm talking about? The bottom of the pile. I would hate to think that you would do something that dumb, but you know, hey, yeah, stranger things have happened. Yeah. There's a lot of things happen in there. I mean, eye gouging, uh, finger bending, uh, <laughs> Growing, pulling, it's a lot of stuff going in there, man. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. I know that. Yeah, I put. Can I go back up again? Sorry about that. Okay. Back again. But as far as uh, your time, yeah, you were frozen. So while you were frozen, I put that up there uh, to try to help with the show, keep the show going. Um, oh, dude, it's all right. That's all right. It's all good. Uh, Ty, as far as, uh, the current day with the, with the Pirates, what do you, uh, what do you like about the program? What do you know about Coach Mike Houston and some of the current players? 
I haven't been keeping up with the pirates as much as I should. And I should be ashamed of myself, but uh, I have been doing a little research. Um, I think the I think the program is definitely uh, on the uptick from everything I've heard from you. And this this is probably my second interview I've had in the last few weeks uh, for some pirate guys, and uh, they've been filling me in on some different things about the program and about the coach. Uh, of course, I mean I don't know him personally, but um, but from everything I've hear of him, um, it sounds it's a lot of um, remnants of Coach Logan, you know, so uh, I think with those remnants that you hear of Coach Logan, if, that's, if, if those are things I'm hearing that's going on through there, uh, these guys going to have a chance. And one of the things I've always uh, talked about with Coach C with you guys, but uh, certainly with uh, currently with Big John Williams in the weight room, uh, the strength and conditioning coach, he's a mean son of a gun. and uh, He's a really big dude, um, actually a Greenville native. I like him a lot. And that's one of the things I was going to ask you as far as a football player, people from the outside that have never done sports or anything may not understand what I mean this, but I'm sure there's probably not anybody non-sports related watching this. But when I see you guys were mean and dirty, um, that's, that's what we need. We need these guys that, you know, will keep going. Even, I mean, I know it sounds terrible to say, but after the whistle blows, you know, like some of these, you know, and then the tackling we had under the previous administration, they're doing an excellent job now. Within practices, we talked a lot about it, but you play like you practice. I mean, you hear that all the time. There's a reason why that's a cliche. And for you guys, like, it was obvious that that's one of the things that always impressed me with Coach Logan. I had a little inside of, like, working on his coach's show, uh, radio show every week. But it just seemed like the man between he and the coaches, he had you guys well prepared. Those coaches were coaching you up. And you guys, it seemed like you guys knew the – there were times when I was watching those games back then, it looked like you guys knew the playbook of the other team better than they knew the playbook of their own team. I don't know. That's my opinion. I, I can agree with that because we, we were well prepared, uh, well prepared. Uh, installation of the game plan went in early. Um, and like you said, we, we practiced like we played. So on Tuesdays, we come that practice, that was everybody. Everybody knew when Tuesday come. It, it, you, you might see on the board full pads. Uh, we're getting after today, you know, and especially when we play teams that did a lot of uh, a lot of smash, uh, so-called smash mouth football. So, you know, we play teams like Syracuse with a lot of counter trap, trap counters, you know, uh, things like that. Uh, we knew we hey, it's, it's going to be one of the weeks. Everybody going to be bruised up, you know, so uh, get your mind right. And uh, but that's how that's how it always was. You know, like I said, and we we were always prepared. Nothing was. By the time we got to the field, I don't think anything surprised us. That's a good thing. How many, uh, as far as the back of your time, we've talked about it with other players, but as far as the the meeting time, I don't think I, I was telling somebody this, I think it was either Wednesday or Thursday. My days are running with all the stuff, the, my day job. But I was somebody was talking about college football and what we have. They keep asking me every single day, are we going to play? I was like, I don't know. And I said, you know, if you think about it, these players are working their tails off in the classroom because you got to stay eligible. Mm-hmm. You look at all the time and effort they do throughout the year. I've saw that with my own eyes with a lot of players when I was in summer school and they would be there with me, you know, like taking classes. Um, it's a year round thing. The dedication, the devotion, the commitment, the blood, the sweat, the tears. I mean, can you give us an insight on like with you guys during that time? People don't understand that you're doing it's more than. We show up at the game and we cheer hard for you guys for three or four hours. 
And that's our commitment to the program more than that. But I mean, pretty much that's what we do as students and, and fans and alums. And then you got guys like yourself that you're putting way more than 40 hours a week than like you would think a full-time job. I like to compare it to a movie. You know, when you see a movie, you get to see the movie, but you didn't see the previous three months before it took to make the movie. Right. So that's, that's how it was playing football. I mean, people didn't see like, you know, I had a bunch of friends that were, you know, just you know, regular students and they would get upset because, you know, the football players, we had to have the early classes so we can get to practice and get to the facility in the evening. So, you know, we, we couldn't take late classes. So they would get upset because they couldn't get the classes. I'm like, listen, dude, I'm like, at, at four in the morning while you're sleeping and, and counting the sheep jumping over your head, I'm going to bust my butt. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, we're talking about winter, winter conditioning that, uh, you know, that goes summer, uh, spring ball, summer ball. Um, and like you said, there's no time off because especially for me, I, I went to summer school every semester. So because I knew that I had to get my body in a certain place. I didn't want to lose a step. So that helped me summer school and working in the summer helped me to stay ahead of the curve. So when it was my turn, when it's my turn to play, I knew I'd be ready. Yeah, how about the uh, Ty? Speaking of conditioning, what about uh, one thing that we hear from a lot of Logan Air players it, when that with Coach Connors is those uh, was it ten three hundreds? Ten three hundreds for a special team for the for the skill guys, eight eight three hundreds for the combo guys, and seven seven no six for defense D line O line. Let me tell you something. You talking about running three hundreds with thirty seconds rest in between? Tough, tough. Hey, what was the uh, what was the lineman's time? What did y'all have to make it under? <sighs> Bub, I forgot our time. I, I want to say, I want to say it was about sixty, maybe like sixty-eight, something like that. I forgot. I, I, I remember it, it, it was it was it was a very very brisk pace. Let's say that. <laughs> In that thick, that sixty-eight seconds, and that's. Uh, like you were saying, when you only have 30 seconds in between, that 30 seconds there, uh, a few 300s in, becomes like five or 10 seconds. And you hear the coach blowing the whistle. You ain't no way that was 30 seconds. Dude, I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. It's like literally, as soon as you would cross the line, you would finish one, he'd be calling the times out. You cross the line, you bend over, you breathe, you take a sip of water. Five seconds. I'm like, oh, again. Man, it was, it was tough. But I tell you, man, those – those were the things where it, it prepared us because our bodies hadn't been pushed like that before. So when you get to a game and you got a team that's running no huddle, I mean, you got to, you got to go, you know, and those were some of the things that prepared us. I mean, you think that now that was just one test we had, we had, we had one tens. We had to run two. We had to run like 20, like 20 some odd one tens. You oh know? my God. So it, <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> 20. Oh my God. So that's basically 20 links, like, for those who know that, you're talking about the entire football field, right? Correct? Yeah. Including the end zone? 110 yards, 110s. Yes. Yeah, one yeah. one goal line to one in, one in line. I'm telling you, man, Coach C, Coach Connors didn't play, man. But I tell you, I appreciate him because, like I said, it, it prepared us. It prepared us. And one 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 thing we try to hang our hat on was that you know, we're not going to get out work. Nobody's going to outwork us. Now, you might, you might have us in the talent department, but you're not going to outwork us. One of the uh, seasons that I want to ask you about that comes to mind that's uh, one that still hurts me to this day is the talent of the 2001 team. 
Um, there were so many uh, close games. There were so many games that that I was like, we're going to win it. We're going to win it. And it seemed like that we let uh, some games slip away. I know that where there's a lot of pirate victories, but that's one of the – the 96 season, I was upset because we go 8-3, and three, as people heard a million times on the podcast. We don't make a bowl, which was ridiculous. And then the 2001 season, we're going 6-5. and five, And then uh, let's not we'll even talk about the Marshall game. Um, but it's that it's – that, um, it's like there's so many people don't realize that it could be one play, a couple plays here and there that how it decides a football game. And it just seemed like that season, I don't know. Do you have any insight on that about, I know it's a team sport, so it's not tied, but uh, is there something there that maybe you could say, go about looking back on it retrospect that maybe y'all could have done differently? You know, I, I, I don't know, Dave, you know, I tell you, it's just, uh, I, it was crazy, you know, cause that's my senior year, you know, yeah. uh, you know, Dave and I know all the seniors, you know, Pernell and, you know, all those guys, man. You know, it was just we couldn't we couldn't put a finger on it, man. I mean, because we had an opportunity to be the winner's class. You know, I mean, if, if, if we would have finished that year, like we were supposed to have finished that year, we could have been the winner's class in East Carolina history. But we just we came up, you know, it was almost like a snowball effect. You know, like we when something bad would happen, some mess would happen, some mess would happen. You just start seeing it happen. And we just go, here we go. So you you heard that, yeah. It, crazy stuff happened inside the games too, Bubba. You remember the, uh, and the, was that the? It was earlier on the season that you was at the second or third game when the uh, one of the officials had a heart attack on the field at Syracuse. Do you remember that? I, yeah, I had forgotten about that, Dave. But uh, now that you say that, I do recall that happening. I I couldn't have told you which game, but yeah, I, I remember that. It was like I'm just saying there was crazy stuff inside. Not only the football game, but like things like that that you would never imagine that could. I mean, I know they're possible, but you never think that they would ever happen, you know, inside of a game. And then um, I remember the house I'm in right now. Uh, this is the house I grew up in, and where I am right now. I was watching the game right here in the living room, right, to, right over here. I'm watching the game. We're up big, right? And my mom said, oh, "This is terrible to say on the podcast," but she said, "Son, you, you need to go to bed. You need to go to bed. The pirates are way up." I said, "Mom." You've never watched any football games. I said, we're pirates. We got to watch the whole game. I said, anything can happen. And I was like, I still to this day wonder, did I jinx the game? Because I was like, not that I thought we had it made, but I was like, I felt good about the game. And what was it? Uh, I thought it was a 30 point lead at one point in that game. Um, and then I think that that's one of those games. Marshall, we have that. Um, speaking of which, by the way, we haven't talked about that, but would they move the Marshall game? tied to September 12th. It was supposed to be August 29th. They did that officially today. One of the worst kept secrets in, in pirate football history. Um, but uh, that Marshall game is, to me, very important. And we've had guys on the podcast. But that's a perfect example of a game that I feel like they stole. I know they had good players. I'm not knocking their players. But that was our night. And I really felt with you guys, I just felt like they, they stole one from us. I still... That's a perfect example of, like I said, isn't that par for the course for the season? Like how it ends, like it's such a, it like hurts. It hurts. There's certain games like that that still hurts me and haunt me to this day. And I didn't even play the game. Well, I tell you that, that game, I think it, um, it stung a little more for me being the fact that I knew that was the last time I, I was going to strap it up with my brothers again. Hmm. And, uh, it was, it was a, a hard one though. It, it I, I probably sit in my locker for probably 30, 40 minutes before I even took my gear off. You know, and I just uh just kind of just you know soak up the moment, 
you know, knowing that, you know, this is the last time I'm going to be in the locker room in this setting with these men, you know, that I, I've, I've bled with, I fought with, um, I've gone to war with on the field. And uh, I wouldn't have done with no other, no other people. But, um, it, you know, like I said, I, I can't put a thing on. I don't know what it was. We just came up short. I, I want to say we in those games we lost that, that year, the six games we lost, was probably a total less than probably 15 points. All those games combined. I mean, it was just we were right there knocking on the door, and it's just we we couldn't we couldn't finish. Now, now we started fast. I mean, we probably scored the most points in the first quarter uh, in the country. We started fast, we started great, but we just couldn't finish. I don't know. I can't explain it. Yeah, like you said, the, the North Carolina game that year, um, we we had a ten to nothing lead. Um, really clicking on all cylinders, and uh, I, I remember. Um, that's what Art, Art Brown, unfortunately, had that ball stripped from behind. It became the touchback and just had some things like that. It seems like there was a, there was a, just a phantom holding call on Brian Rimp for somebody. And oh, yeah. um, it came back a 75 yard touchdown pass that David had and just things like that. Uh, some which we could have prevented and some things that we, that we, um, just had going against us, but, uh, I think it was what, like twenty four, twenty one that day. Yes, it's hard being a pirate, man. Hard being a pirate, but you, like I said, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world. You know, Todd. The good thing is that you guys, um, you guys won a lot of games, and we're very proud of you and proud of the guys that, the men and women that play for East Carolina. And uh, I tell you what, I think it was Mitchell Galloway the other night was talking about, and it's true. Like no matter what sport it is, if it's Tiddlywinks and it's the Pirates, we're going to be there supporting you. Just like Dowdy Ficklin's going to be rocking again, um, and I believe it's probably going to be 21. But if it's this year and we can have fans and we have a, a great season, we haven't played the games yet, so you never know. Um, but I really believe the program is heading the right direction. And, um, you know, as far as the, the bowls are concerned, that's uh, that's something that we used to take for granted. And now here we are going, man, we hadn't been to a bowl in so long. It could be any bowl. Put in the blank bowl and we'll be there. Right, <laughs> a bowl game. Like I said, a bowl game. It's, it's uh, you know, I hear some people's take on it where they they'll say, "Well, I don't know why there's so many bowl games." And I said, "I'll be like, hey, listen, unless you you've been there, you, you can't really speak on it, man. That's that's an accomplishment for those teams to be able to go to those bowl games and play. That's a that's something to be proud of, you know, to be able to say, man, we though we might be six and six, okay, but we were the best. We're better than than four or five other teams that possibly could have been here." But uh, it's to me, it's it's, a, it's an honor. It's an honor to play in a bowl game, and uh, like I said, have another opp- just have another opportunity to play with your teammates one more time. You know, especially for especially for the seniors. You know, just one more time is to strap it up and and play with your brothers. I was at uh, as far as the Astrodome. Uh, that that actually was. Uh, how is I know it's not there anymore, obviously, but it's one of the one of those iconic. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a fan and I, and I'm maybe old school. I'm not really a fan of the domes. So, um, but how was playing in the Astrodome? Um, cold. I remember. Um, but it was, you know, we were so, we were so locked in. We could have played on an iceberg and we were, <laughs> we, we, we were there. It was a business trip and that's just how we, we, we looked at it. We were there to handle business. Um, we wanted to get a win, send our seniors out. That's my junior year. So we wanted to send our seniors out right. 
And uh, we were there for business, man. And um, and it, like I said, it showed in that game, you know, the, the Marcellus Harris's and the Jamie Wilson's and those guys, man. Man, we wanted to play hard for those guys and send those guys out on the on the right foot, you know, the Mark the Mark Yellicks, you know, all those guys, man. Man, we we really wanted to play hard for those guys. And and Ty, that that comes to mind. I hadn't thought about it. you. So you guys went in your career three out of four years. You went to a bowl. Yes, sir. Wow, I've never thought about. It. I just uh, I've been following pirate football for a long time, but that's uh, that's impressive. I tell you one thing, uh, with the way we have things coming up, uh, a six and five season looks great for us right now. Our six, uh, well, actually we have ten games, so currently, so maybe for six and four or something like that, or five and five would be a great accomplishment for our program. Uh, but I tell you one thing, I can't wait to we get back to the point when that's uh, that's not good enough. You know, right now, that's a huge accomplishment for us to do that. But to me, I've always said, I don't know how you feel, Todd, but pirate football to me is seven to nine wins in that range. Anything else, the 10, 11, 12 would be a miracle season. But if you can get seven to nine wins, that's pirate football, in my opinion. I totally agree. I think the standard, uh, the standard, that's the standard, if not more, eight, you know, yeah. eight, nine wins, that, that, should, that should be the standard, especially the talent that's, uh, that's come through that place. And, and, and now, that East Carolina, the facilities. I mean, man, the facilities, they can compete with anybody in the country. Uh, I was down, I went down, uh, uh, last year to, uh, to the, uh, A&T game. Of course, the game was rained out. They played that Sunday. So, uh, but we had to get back. So we missed the game, but, uh, just to go. You didn't there, miss anything. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but just to be able to, uh, man, to go in, the, in those facilities and see how things have changed just from the time that I was there. And I was like, man, this place, this place is absolutely. I was just, I was in awe. I was in awe with that, with the place. I mean, it's everything, the baseball facility. And I had an opportunity, you know, I, I get to speak to uh, uh, Coach Coach Godwin every now and then. He and our classmates as well. And he's kind of, he was actually playing for ECU uh, when we were there together. And uh, who's now the head baseball coach, but uh, another good guy. And uh, you know, so it's it's just, man, the, the place. There's there's no more excuses, you know. Where before. You know, our facilities, man, people will be like, well, I don't know, because there was some hangups for some guys. Well, I don't know if they like their facilities. We didn't have – dude, let me tell you something. We used to run in the dark on a track, and the coaches would pull their cars up to the track and cut their headlights on. So that's how it was when we were there. So these guys now, they have three and four practice fields. One's artificial turf. One's real grass. We didn't have all that. Hey, uh Ty, I want to ask you, one of the things Coach Houston talked about today was supposed to be really bad weather. Turned out to be one of the best days we've had in fall camp so far. Uh, he's talking about the unpredictable parts of uh, eastern North Carolina weather. Uh, I want to get your opinion. You were talking about facilities. One of the things that Bubba and Kyle and I love, um, and most Pirate fans won't for our players and the amenities, one of the things is an indoor practice facility. I feel like um, – Sometimes I feel like I'm a man without a country on that. Not really. I've got some brothers here on the podcast, but uh, how do you feel about that? You were talking about facilities. I feel like it's not a luxury. As Dave Hart said, it's a necessity. It's a must have. There are going to be times where it's going to be so freaking hot outside where you can't practice. But guess what? When you have a facility that's, that's, that's air conditioned, now you can still practice. You can still do your install, get get your workouts in. And then you have those inclement weathers where, you know, hey, we have hurricanes, you know, yeah. in North Carolina. You know, we we have, you know, it gets cold. That cold, the cold there is different than the cold, you know, where I grew up at in Hickory, you know, because the cold in Hickory is coming off the mountain. But the cold down there is coming off the ocean. 
So it's a different kind of coal, you know. So um, to have those facilities, it's it's important. Uh, I think it's I think it's the next evolution and what East Carolina football is trying to become. Because again, you have a lot of these these kids now that are being recruited. Facilities is what they they need. They feel like they need to have. Because see, like when I came through, you know, you, you got these kids now where they're calling each other and they're they're ganging up together. Hey, listen, let's go to East Carolina. Go ahead and do this. Do this. Do this. Well, we didn't do that when I came through. When you got recruited, you played. When you met the guys, hey, these are your teammates. But these guys now, man, like I said, they're teaming up. And if you got great facilities, you got a great, uh, you have a great program going, they'll come. No question about that. We didn't have, uh, back in our day, Ty, we didn't have social media, did we? No, sir. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't. <laughs> Downtown Greenville, I'm glad we didn't. <laughs> Speaking of which, did you have some? Uh, now, we'll Tom, I was going to ask you, did you have yeah, some? Yeah, earlier when. We... Sorry, Bubba, there's a lag. I was just asking Ty, there were there favorite places like restaurants, different places you like to go back in the day in Greenville? Man, let me tell you something. Uh, Red Lobster, they hated seeing us when they had all you can eat crab legs. <laughs> we'd, we'd walk in about 10 or 12 deep. And they see us, they just be shaking their head. I'm like, yep, you know what we come for. So we, <laughs> we wipe, wow. we wipe them out every time. <laughs> we had about, uh, that's funny you mentioned that about obviously non-football players. We, that, uh, pizza in on 10th street. I mean, um, I'm sorry, Greenville Boulevard near 10th street. Yeah. We used to go there and the manager hated us. So it was about eight or 10 of us that would go there mm-hmm. and we would wipe out the buffet. <laughs> We had we would have eating contests to see who could eat the most spices of these dumb stuff that you do at like 18, 19 years old. Right. Same thing. We had we had a place like that. Um, it was another little place like that. Um, I forgot the name of it. It's like a little uh, it's a little Italian pizzeria we used to go to, and uh, man, we'd go there and like just the defensive line. It'd be like, probably eight or nine of us, and we'd eat 15, 16 pizzas. I mean, we just. We just we drink probably fifteen gallons of soda. I mean, it was just <laughs> man. We were putting it. We were putting it back, man. We were putting it back. Hey, Ty, Ty how hey, about Ty, that training Ty. table, right? <laughs> yeah, training table was real, man. I'm gonna tell you. And the beef barn, man. I, I love that place. Yeah, I love that place. That that Norris. That's where we they took us on our recruiting visit when I first met Norris. And I never forget. Norris sat down across from my mom and my uncle and myself, and Norris had two porterhouse steaks and three lobster tails, and he ate them all right in front of my mom. And my mom just looked at him, and she's like, she's like, son, is he going to eat like this? Pointing at me. He looked at my mom. He said, yes, ma'am. And uh, <laughs> so uh, it's just uh, – it, it, and that's how it happened. I mean, I, I literally went from – to my freshman year, I was 215 pounds maybe. And uh, by the time I graduated, I was I was hovering around two ninety. Wow, that's that's insane. Now, Ty, a good family friend of ours, that's what he played for Sonny Randall back in the early seventies, and I know he and some of his teammates went to Parker's Barbecue, and they got cut off in the all you can eat, and they they said take them all the hush puppies and sweet tea they want, no more barbecue and potatoes, etc. And then also we had on J T. Boyd, who played offensive line. Um, from 2012 to 2016, 
and he said that some of them got cut off at the all-you-can-eat wings, I believe it was. So uh, did, did you guys ever get cut off with the with- – okay. Yeah. Yeah, because see, the thing, the thing was this. You know, they would have those special nights. I'm be, why why do you not think that we're going to show up? You're talking about <laughs> we're coming. You're talking about, and see, and back then they had they had um 20 cent wings. That's going to yeah. show how long ago it was. 20 cent wings? Like, what? And man, and my, man, and my, my mom had gave me a little stipend. Then, you know, she'd send me, you know, 40 bucks a week, you know, to kind of do what I want to do with. That's where most of my money would go. Just the eating and things. Man, we, I just love this place. Yeah, no doubt. In fact, uh, back then when uh, BW3s was actually um, back in our uh, – I'm right before you there. I graduated in 95, and that literally came. I'll never forget. That BW3s opened up December of 94. Wow. And it was right – it was a few weeks before Christmas because it was cold. You were talking about cold. It was cold as all get out. And um, those pirate beverages tasted a lot better when it was cold. <laughs> extra cold like frost oh, on the mugs different stuff like that they had and uh and i remember that was one place i remember that was just the fire marshal i'm glad the fire marshal didn't come they would have shut them down it was like you had to fight your way to get in and once you got in you had to fight just to move through the that bottom not the top part of the second floor but that bottom floor it was so many people in there good lord i'm glad it was never a fire in there i'll tell you we, we, what we used to do is they they kind of knew like some of the guys we get there early and we'd start, you know, kind of using our weight and reserving tables upstairs and stuff. So we'd have a whole, the whole section would be just like just football players. You see football players, we had a couple of basketball guys. they come hang out with us. And, uh, man, we, we'd sit in there all night laughing and eating and drinking and just having a good time. Man, I, I, We had some good times in that place. Yeah, I miss the, I miss the 90s downtown. Um, the downtown now is great as far as – a lot of things, but, um, you know, when I'll just say this, this is mean for me to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. I doubt the down to fifth street is supposed to be a college town. You need to have bars. I'm just saying you I need to have bars. I and I don't understand why they're, I'm in my forties and I don't have a problem now as the, you know, 20 some years later, 25 years after I graduated, I have no problem with the college kids having the bars because that's part of college life. That's the experience. That's part of the college experience. You know, like you said, they have bars, man. And then, too, when people come in town for games and things like that, they they want to – I mean, if you want to make money, I mean, you want to have those those kind of things there. And you will make a killing because people – that place is beautiful now. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous over there. And, and that's the only thing they're missing. Yeah, and how about the uh, – I was telling Bubba today, going to work, uh, I was driving. It's, it's amazing when you drive – if you get a chance when you come back, and when we're going to be winning a lot, I'm sure you'll come back more and more and more. But drive up and down 10th Street and see the changes on 10th Street uh, from the way that we were there. It was more similar to our time because I, grew, I was in the early mid-90s and you were right after me. But look at the the way the thing's different. Is there's no more Wendy's on 10th Street. I was telling Bubba, no, they uh, that's where the student center is. The student center is unbelievable. So it is you got to see the out. Yeah, they got all they uh they basically tore down that Wendy's and there's like a whole it's almost how long is that Bubba? Is that like a block? Would you say a city block? It's a long that's a big building. Yeah, wow. it's, it's a it's a big building. But you, you remember where that? And then was it the Miami Grill? Miami Subs. Miami, yeah, Miami, Miami Subs. Subs is now Arby's. Oh man, Miami. Yeah. Subs. that was the place, man. After after we after <laughs> the club, that's where we go. Miami Subs. 
Hey, Ty, it's the only place I know, a fast food place, and they had Dom Perignon. I was like, Dom Perignon, it's like you have a champagne, $100 a bottle. I'm like, dude, I, I'm a poor college kid. How can I afford a $100 bottle right. of champagne? Are you kidding me? I'm here for the subs. I'm not here from the, the champagne. Oh, my God. Um, but where Hank's um, homemade ice cream in that pantry used to be, yep. they've yep. torn that down, and it's a huge student housing. It's like it looks like uh, they're like skyscrapers now, all the student housing, like a grand a month. You know, like I'm going, my kids want to go there to ECU. Bubba and I are probably going to have to start 10 or 15 businesses to pay for our kids' college coming up in the next decade. But we have kids about the same age, and uh, maybe we can get our kids to live together or something, Bubba, and buy a house. I don't know, but $1,000 a month? Dude, $1,000 a month for, for housing? I mean, I remember my apartment. I lived in Brown, right, right off, right off of uh, the first, my first apartment was uh, was uh, uh, Tar River, Tar River State. Yeah. I lived over there, and I think I, I think our rent was like seven hundred, right around there, something like that. Split between two people, so I mean that was that was nothing, you know. But uh, man, now now when I roughly when I was there, I think there was about eighteen thousand students there when I was there. How many are there now? Well, if you, it's, it's, it's virtually the same. Okay. Because if you have that, if you, if you're talking about going to class like we had, yeah, that's yeah. about, it's 18, 20 range. But if you count, if you count the, and I'm not knocking my school, just being real. Um, if you count the online, the, that, um, the distant learning, as they call it, distance learning, mm-hmm. that we're at 30,000. Um, but you know, like I'm not knocking it. I think it's fantastic. We have 30 grand, uh, as far as the number of kids, uh, number of, um, people and the degrees and all the buildings. And that's one thing I was telling Bubba. It's like, I know it's state supported money, but there's a building they're building. You remember where Szechuan Gardens used to be? I love that. The Chinese place. It was on Evans and 10th. Yep. Yep. Um, they, that's been torn down. It was a parking lot. Now they're making this huge, I'm trying to think of the name of the building, what kind of building it is, but there's a huge building going up there and there's all these student housing. And then, you know, I was like, we need to take that. And for former players and for all of us that, our pirate club members, we've got to step up. We've got to have the um, facilities. Terry Holland, I believe it's fair to say he got things up to par, um, but we got to keep that going. We got to keep, we're East Carolina and I'm hoping I say it all the time, but we're big time. And I want everybody, if you're part of pirate nation, treat ECU like it's big time. Cause I'm sorry. I, I had the best years of my life there. I'm proud of our, everything about it, including our mascot. I think our mascot, I mean, who wouldn't want to be a pirate? I mean, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, um, and the fact that I've always been an underdog. So going, I went to the perfect school. Um, and that's why when we win those games, they can say that it's our Super Bowl. They can talk all the trash in the world they want to. But, you know, I, have you noticed that we beat East, uh, ECU's beat UNC three times in a row and they still won't schedule us? Mm-hmm. We the only uh, give Wake Forest credit. They've come back on the schedule. NC State's back on the schedule. Appalachian State's on the schedule. Charlotte's on the schedule. Um, right now, the only two that we don't have is Duke and UNC on the schedule. Right, mm-hmm. bottom of the Division One. My, if my memory serves. Yeah, like on the you schedule saying, right now, we, Duke and UNC are the only ones. Yep, yeah, we got Charlotte, we got App State, and then uh, like you're mentioning, uh, I think Wake Forest is 26 and 27, and then we have three more games scheduled with NC State, I believe. Yeah, so, you know, they see the teams that are willing to play us, but 
Uh, we got to, you know, schedule. We got to keep the scheduling going. We got the BYUs of the world. We got the Boise States on there. We got a lot of um, Virginia Tech is too scared to play us um, because they know they're going to get beat. <laughs> That's why they came off the schedule. I have friends that are, and family that are Virginia Tech. I love the school. I just don't understand their their problems they have right now. But I think that might have been some of our previous administration yeah. um, issues as well. But anyway, hopefully we can get them back on the schedule. But um, we were talking, I wanted to ask you that question. What were games that you had? And I know we're going long here with you. I appreciate your time so much. What were some teams that uh, that you think should be back on the schedule? Maybe that you played that um, when you were talking about Syracuse, um, I love Pitt. Mm. Um, I mean, I'll play anybody. I'm like what coach Godwin, you're talking about coach Godwin. You know, why I love coach Godwin. I know you have that mentality. He said, anytime, anywhere, any place we'll play. If it's a parking lot, Behind the building, whatever. And so that's, I'm that mentality. We'll play, we're going to play Michigan at the big house. Um, in a couple of years, you know, we'll play anybody on the road. We'll take you at home. But what are some teams that, that you think we should have on the schedule that maybe you had or maybe you've always wanted to see us play? I tell you, one of the funnest, one of the funnest games I think I ever played in was a South Carolina at South Carolina. Lou Holtz's first home game. Yeah. And we smacked him in the mouth. And uh, <laughs> that was a great game. That game was fun for me. Uh, I was trying to think of another game that was really, really fun. I, I got to play in uh, team Syracuse. Syracuse is always a fun game, but, you know, because mm-hmm. for us, you know, they, like I said, a lot of counter traps, you know, things of that nature. That's a defensive lineman's dream if you study properly, because you know it, it, there's rules to playing in the in the trenches. When you got pulling guards and things of that nature, you know, if you're getting in the hip pocket and run with them, a lot of times the pulling guard coming across to kick you out, he can, you can, you can literally run right past him. He wouldn't know you behind him if you're getting the guard of, of the, in the hip pocket of the, the pulling guard. So, man, I, I made a, I made a few plays in the backfield just studying my keys, you know, taking right to the play. So teams like that were, was always fun. Um, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind seeing, the Pirates play. What's another time I want to see the Pirates play? I want my Sam Pirates get out here and get on Georgia Tech or somebody, man. Get on Georgia Tech, man, and uh, get on get on yeah. Georgia. Hey, I, I I drive to Athens, you know, of course, you know, right downtown Atlanta, Georgia Tech. So come on down here and jump on, jump on some of these Georgia people down here, man. <laughs> hey, coming out October, we have Georgia State. Uh, you better be there, man. We're going. We we're actually the guy. Some of the guys we had talked about it, uh, trying to get together and do something because they, they said, man, man, we're going to be in your place, Frankie Ty. I'm like, hey, man, hit me up. Let me know. Let's get together. Let's go ahead and get to play where we're going to be, tailgate and do whatever. I, let's do it. Yeah, I'm now, hoping that. Uh, have you heard anything down there as far as has Georgia State put anything out there? Okay, we may have 20% or we may be playing without fans because obviously they're in the Sun Belt and the Sun Belt still plans to play football at this point. Yeah, I haven't heard anything uh, per se from them. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm, I got my fingers crossed. I hope they do. Uh, but then again, even if that's at that point, it's not going to be the same. You know, I just I'm almost kind of wishing this we could fast forward two years from now and play them again, and we're kind of back to normal, some kind of normalcy. Uh, this this is just so it's just so strange to see a even now like watching a baseball a professional baseball game with cardboard uh, sitting in the seat man it's just strange <laughs> it's strange man like we like we're in times right now like this is strange what what is going on 
Now, I love the game. I love to watch it. But to not see the interaction, to see those kids sitting there eating their popcorn and with ice cream on their face and, you know, people, I just, that stuff, man, I just, that's a part of it. I just, I just miss it, man. I don't know, man. Kind of so a random me. question, a random question for you, Ty. Um, this is what I started to ask you earlier when I was having the internet issues. Um, we've had this guy on the show um, at least a couple times. Uh, he's doing big things in the state of North Carolina now, uh, down around where he was from, and that's uh, Tabari Wallace. Uh, he he was a senior when you were a redshirt freshman, uh, or Snoop, as you guys called him, Snoop, Snoop Wallace. But uh, Tabari, Tabari is quite the character. I mean, he's been on ABC, all kinds of uh, national national news stations, uh, talking about everything he has going on down there at uh, West Craven High School, I guess, I guess it is. And so just talk about Snoop. And I told Snoop, I said, if, I, if there's ever a movie about you, it has to be played by Chris Tucker because something about <laughs> Snoop, Snoop Wallace and Chris Tucker, and they, they remind me of one another. I, t- I tell you, man, Snoop, man, what 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 better person to be in the position that he's in? Uh, everything that that man has, he deserves. Cause he has worked his rear end off, and um, and couldn't have it to a nicer person. I mean, even when Snoop was a senior and I was a freshman, uh, he never treated me like a freshman. The first thing I remember seeing him when I first saw him, uh, he's one of the first defensive guys I saw, and I was like, man. You know, coming from high school, I'm like, man, defensive backs are this big? I mean, and he, his calf muscles at the time were about as big as my head. And uh, I was like, I just couldn't get over his size of, of a defensive back, you know, at the time. But just a, just a, a great guy, a great human. Um, he's obviously, uh, his infectious being is rubbing off on these young people, which is so important. And uh, like I said, what, what better person? The North Carolina Principal of the Year. I mean, you know, uh, he's big time. But that you guys are, that's, again, the thing that I love about a lot of Pirate players that we've had on is that you guys are winner on and off the field. We don't, for the most part, I know there's players here and there, unfortunately, that have gone through tough times. Maybe they'll learn from their their mistakes. But uh, for the most part, you know, it's like 99% of you guys, I would say, uh, because I'm trying to be fair, uh, and objective, <laughs> but I feel like mo- the 99% of you guys have turned out really well, and it's it's really cool. In fact, I would love to see it where we have. I've, n- I've said this maybe the spring game. I know other programs do it. I hope Coach Houston will. He's had open door policy, but I would really. I'm talking about the spring game. I would love to see as many football players as we can get there. I want to see the spring game beat mean something like it used to back when I was growing up, and then. My college days said, and they're trying. I give the new administration credit. They are trying to do different things. So I'm hoping that we can make that. And it's not an event like it used to be. I would love, I would love to be a part of that. I would love to, to bring, to bring my son down and let him be a part of that. Let him see what, what daddy used to do, you know, and, uh, let him, let him get, get the, get the smell of the atmosphere and see the atmosphere. It's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's different. You know, my wife, she had the opportunity. Well, I had the opportunity to take her down for homecoming uh, several years ago and, uh, let her, let her see it, you know, and just kind of, cause my wife, she's a, she's a Marquette graduate. And, uh, so, you know, of course, being in Milwaukee, you know, they don't do it quite like we do down in good old Eastern North Carolina. 
So I have an idea. You were talking about your son is really good at baseball, and you you went to school with Cliff Godwin. Oh, by the way, um, I'm sure he's a great baseball player, and you've got a connection right there being one of your classmates. And, uh, I mean, you'll never hear me say, until I'm proven wrong, you'll never hear me say, uh, and I never second-guess Cliff, love the guy. And when you always talk about a pirate, you got he's another example of a guy that's a great athlete. He walks the walk. He talks the talk. And if there is a right now with the coaches we have um, for my son and daughter, I, I I can honestly say whatever sport they want to go, there's not a coach that would go. Yeah, you probably don't want to go to East Carolina right now. That coach, I don't like him or, you know, for values or whatever, morals or whatever, but or they're not a good coach. <laughs> um, but right now, top to bottom, I mean, side to side, like you're talking about side to side, I think we've got a lot of great coaches. And, man, Cliff Godwin is amazing. He really is, you know, and I reached out to Cliff uh, several months ago, you know, because like I said, I, I didn't play baseball growing up, you know, so I'm um, as my son, you know, as he learned, you know, I'm learning, you know, for a lot of things. So and I find myself on YouTube uh, researching and watching a lot of baseball stuff, you know, from Tony Gwynn, you know, different different mm-hmm. things to watch, you know, to try to help him with different um uh, different um, skills to do. So I, I, I reached out to Cliff, man. I sent him a couple of videos on my son. I said, man, I said, I said, tell me, tell me what I'm, what, I, what he needs to work on. Give me some, give me some drills that I can, I can, I can put him on, you know, to help him out, you know, a little bit. And uh, man, you know, Cliff is always just a, he's a man, he's an open, open book, man, a big heart. You know, he just, he said, man, look, man, work on this, work on that, man. He, man, he's, he's going to be okay, man. He's just, don't, don't try to rush him. He's only eight. You know, let him kind of just come into his own and uh and see where he goes from there. And uh he's he's um he's developing, you know. Now he's starting to my son's starting to pitch a little bit now, so he's learning the uh the the, the art of the art of pitching. So uh he's he's loving it though. He's loving he is he is loving and is in love with baseball. And, uh, let's yeah, talk about there's some videos on talking about Cliff Godwin, uh, Austin Knight, who's our volunteer assistant to Obviously, that position is largely funded by the camps that East Carolina has, uh, and folks who um, are familiar with Division One college baseball understand that. And uh, when, when everything that happened with COVID hit back five months ago, um, they were trying to figure things out for uh, for uh, Coach Knight, and they were able to produce, you know, some instructional videos to generate some income for him. Yeah, we watched we watched some of those. Actually, we watched a few of them. Got a few pointers off of there, uh, especially with some some of the swinging um, swinging drills that we we watched on there. So we we keep I keep up with uh, with, with Cliff online on a few things in that program too. He he had told me about and uh, a lot of great information. A lot of great information I was able to uh, spill into my son. Let's talk about your life now with the police work. It's funny, like you talk about during your era. There's a lot of guys in the Logan years that became police officers. You're a police officer. In Atlanta, man, what a uh, wow, what a tough assignment there. Can you talk about maybe your beat or what you're doing there uh, with police work there in the ATO? Sure. Um, well, now I I started policing uh, right at the beginning of uh, right at the beginning or sorry, right at the end of 2002. So I'm, I'm pushing. I'm wow. Right, yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, right at 18 years. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. So 18 years in almost and. Um, I'm uh, right now. I'm assigned to the airport. So uh, if you ever fly through, um, I'm on international side. So if you come through international, you'll you'll see me bopping around there between the hours of seven and three. Um, 
But uh, it's it's a cool assignment. Uh, I get to um, see a lot of different people. Um, I get to run to a lot of celebrities. So now, like I said, now I'm kind of on a down tick now of, of my career as, as a police officer. You know, once you start getting to that 15 plus year thing, you know, uh, you start kind of winding down a little bit. You know, my, my days of, of running down uh, criminals and stuff, those, those days are over. You know, the bad, the bad knees, uh, <laughs> the extra weight. Uh, yeah, the, those days are over. <laughs> so if we go to like old Paris or we go to uh, London or whatever, and we fly through there, uh, there in Atlanta, one of the busiest airports in the world. Sure. Uh, so the international side. So if you're a pirate, make sure that you fly and you go on the internet, the international flights. You go there and you can get a picture with Ty. I'm sure you'll um, tell them go pirates. That's one of the things uh, that's really cool. So are you planning? Uh, I, you don't have to tell us, but do you have in mind how many more years you want to be a an officer? You know, I don't know. I'm a uh... I'm kind of open for, uh, you know, whatever may possibly come. Um, but at the same time, too, we probably have one of the best pensions in the state. So uh, with with that, you know, uh, 12 more years of service, and I'll get the, I'll get the tap on to that um, at a good clip. So uh, I, I'll be setting, <laughs> I'll be setting myself up uh, pretty well, you know. So uh, some things, you know, but, you know, at the same time, um, something else comes along that's, that's you know that's that's tempting and something that really um piques my interest. I mean you know I'm, it's possible. Well, the time has flown tonight. I can't believe I'm looking up an hour and twenty four minutes talking to you, but it's a lot of fun. You guys are. I want to thank you personally. I know there's a lot of people in Pirate Nation that I speak for. When thank you for all that you gave, all the sacrifice. We we're talking earlier about the blood, sweat, and tears. And my that's one of the things that hurts me is watching the games, knowing how many great men. Uh, this particular with football or whatever the sport may be for the ladies too. And you think, man, they went through all those, like you were talking about earlier. And uh, we got to get this program. We are headed in the right direction, but thank you for being on. And I hope that we can get a lot of you guys. It'll be great to, maybe we can do a show some point uh, there on the tailgate fields, but love to have you guys back. And uh, we'll show them what the guys in the nineties did, right? That's right. That's right. Dave, I appreciate you for having me, Bub. I appreciate you, buddy. Uh, for contacting, reaching out to me, man. Uh, you know, any, anything I can do to help Pirate Nation, especially, you know, somebody just giving, you know, my insight, uh, share some of my stories, um, may affect someone in a good way or not, but just to be able to share and be here and be seen. And, hey, it, it, it was cool, man. I really appreciate this. Um, and last question, how can people follow Absolutely. you? Do you have, like, social media? Um, you can follow me. I'm on, I'm on Facebook, uh, Ty Hunt. Um, you see, uh, you see a bunch of a bunch of pictures of family uh, fishing, hunting, uh, baseball. Awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm on, I'm on Facebook. A good guy, a guy that we can drink a beer with, Bubba, for sure. Yes, sir. Bubba, you, no, I was just gonna say, Ty, we appreciate you coming on, and uh, when when we're playing football again, um, we'll definitely have you on our. Um, pirate football playback that we do on either Saturday or Sunday, depending on the time of the game and um, taking a look back at, at that week's game. And um, we'll, we'll definitely, if not before, we'll certainly do it for the Georgia state game. Sounds good, Bubba. I like it, man. Let me know. Just like you have my information, hit me up on messenger, man. And uh, I definitely, uh, I'm willing, I'm game. All right. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Ty, appreciate you very much. And, what a thrill to have you on, and thanks again for all that you did for the Pirates. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you very much. 50 Pirates in 50 Days. Appreciate 
Ty Hunt. He's sporting that Braves jersey for Bubba. Bubba is a huge Braves fan. I can't blame him. Uh, you know, that's a, a great organization throughout the years and uh, make, makes me miss whenever I see those. Hey, Bubba, I'll tell you this. Whenever I see those Braves uniforms, it makes me miss them being on TBS. All those games you could watch. And I know that was yesteryear and they don't have those super stations anymore, but um, that was some really good times with uh, the baseball. So uh, did you have anything before we go, Bubba? No, I just kind of piggybacking off what you're saying there as far as the Braves uh, growing up. Then uh, the Braves were my dad's team. So I, I got it naturally. And, and I remember when I was growing up watching the Braves in the mid to late eighties, uh, you know, um, they were very bad. I mean, they were losing 80, 90, uh, a hundred plus games a season, some seasons, um, and nowhere near, um, uh, being in a pennant race. And, you know, some games they would have probably have no more than three or 4,000 people there at Atlanta Fulton I've County Stadium. I was there. So yeah. when, when they would have, when they have 15 or 20, I mean, me, understandably, as a six, seven, eight-year-old kid, think, hey, it's a big crowd. But, you know, it was just because the standard was set so low, the bar was set so low from those other right. games. But, you know, the, the, the 90s, things turned around and uh, had the opportunity to go to a game. Um, I guess it was that same year, the, the Peach Bowl. Um, so I, I was 10 years old and got to see – my favorite player, uh, even though he was on the wrong team at that point, he was playing for the Phillies, Dale Murphy. And a lot of yeah. – I wish I knew how many nights we spent growing up um, sit, sitting on our couch in our den, eating on a TV tray, watching the Braves on TBS or, or Sports South. No doubt. And uh, definitely great to watch, uh, certainly hockey. And we have right now the NBA and we have Major League Baseball, NASCAR. We do have some sports out there. And by the way, folks, if you uh just tuning in, the Marshall game officially, if you have not heard, has been moved from August 29th to September the 12th is what we had heard uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, so it's official now. So if you're planning on coming to Greenville, we've had people ask us over and over again on Facebook. It's definitely September 12th. It was announced today. want to let everybody know that we have a great 50, 50, 50 for 50. 50 Pirates and 50 Days uh, that you can watch or archived on here on Facebook and, of course, on our YouTube channel. And we also have them, Bubba, this year. We have them not only at SoundCloud but also Anchor. So if you're looking for 50 Pirates and 50 Days and also um, for our fall camp for, for the practices and the scrimmages, uh, we also have the practice report on SoundCloud and, of course, on Anchor as well. Yep, um, those um, practice reports, like you mentioned, we've had media availability nine different times, so we have all of those for you. Um, I guess technically seven practices and two scrimmages, if you will, so definitely go check those out. Um, they're all in a playlist. It's just East Carolina Football 2020 and um, promoting next week's content. Um, Tuesday yeah. and Thursday will be our traditional podcast podcast. Uh, and traditional from the standpoint that it's not 50 Pirates in 50 Days, um, but they will be here on Facebook as well as our YouTube channel on Tuesday. We'll be talking to Brian Bailey, who's just such a legend and a fixture in the uh, in the sports business. I mean, you know, sports sports anchor, uh, sports director there at WNCT for all all those years, going back to the mid 80s or so, and then um, the second part of that that hour. 
on Tuesday at around 7.30. We'll catch up with Chris Hughes, who does such an excellent job with Carolina Preps, and he's actually combined forces with Dina King from NC Preps. And so we'll talk to Chris, get his thoughts on Wednesday's announcement, uh, not only about football, but just high school athletics in general. And uh, whether you agree with it or not, um, um, they'll be playing seven games starting there the first week of February, I think maybe February 8th or 9th, something like that, and going through uh, early to mid-April um, prior to um, baseball season getting cranked up. So um, look forward to talking <laughs> about that and then next Thursday uh, we'll have a first-time guest Scott Francis um, director of East Carolina Alumni Association we'll, we'll talk to him I think he's been on that on that uh, job about two and a half years now something like that if I'm not mistaken and uh, we'll also catch up with Patrick Johnson of 94.3 the game around 7:30 next Thursday sounds good and Bubba I was just thinking about never in my wildest dreams would ever think that there would be high school football. My birthday is April the 14th that my birth, that, that we could be at a high school football game. Or, I don't know about the playoffs, but certainly right then and there, right near that. It's going to be crazy. Uh, but anyway, thank you folks for everybody for coming on and uh, watching tonight and people that are watching our archive edition. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Bubba. Thank you for all your hard work uh, that goes behind the scenes. I know we're 50 pirates in 50 days and we work. He and I work really hard, and Kyle's throwing in some stuff, too, with uh, promotion and different things. But people don't realize how hard it is to do our podcast with our family and friends. So uh, thank you so much to our families and friends for putting up with us for doing the show uh, for the Sports Objective. I appreciate you, buddy, very much for all your hard work. Absolutely. We do it because we love the Pirates. 32 down and 18 more to, to come. And um, like you say, yes, we do talk about some current events but for the most part um, this content uh, is evergreen it will be uh, good whether it's whether it's now or 10 15 Correct. years from now it's going to be out there on youtube and facebook and people can go back and check them out when whenever they have the opportunity all right uh, appreciate you bubba again very very much and we'll uh lo love for everybody to be back with us uh like we said on tuesday and watch all the 50 pirates in 50 days Appreciate you guys so much. We'll see you next time here on the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody, and go Pirates.